Hi, everybody. Welcome to Six Months Later, the podcast 180 Days in the Making, where we talk to interesting people about their lives and their hopes for the future. And then we check in with them in that future to see how the past was when it was the present, but also the future. I don't know. Anyways, I am your host. My name is Matthew Stern. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. Tara Newton-Wordsworth, how are you doing? I am all right today, Tara. How, are, how, how have you been this day? This fine all right. Day? All right is such a, it's like a, it's not great, is it? Like, as in, if someone says, oh, I'm all right, it's like, what's wrong? Are you okay? You know, are you feeling, what, what's going on? You can tell yeah. me. Well, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's a tone of voice. Because if you said, like, people were like, how are you doing? You're like, I'm all right. And people would be like, well, that guy's doing good. And, <laughs> but if you said, like, oh, I'm all right, they'd be like, oh, what's around her, sweetheart? You know, like, let's, <laughs> let me cut you a piece of coffee cake and we'll, we'll talk about this. You know, like, that's, but I, so it depends. So if you say, you say, I think you came in there kind of in the middle of that. You were just like, I'm all right. You know, and I felt like it was like. So you feel that you're saying you're all right you feel that that you are genuinely all right is that what no you said you were all right, right no you said it oh i said it yeah Wait, how did i'm I say saying it? what's going on with you because you because i was like how are you doing you're like i'm all right no well okay then i came in the, so i don't even know how i am i'm not even in touch with myself about how I am. I am, yeah, I'm in the middle of that. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't, I don't have to work. So that's always a bonus. You know, got the baby dealing with him. He's really boring. And, you know, I always so- knew you were going to be a great parent. Like I just had that sense about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just a Look, doting I- father. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, he doesn't do anything right now, right? So he's kind of like, he is awake. And usually that's annoying. Wow, this sounds literally horrific. Like this is borderline no. worrying. <laughs> he's he's a good baby. Like actually, he's pretty good. And like earlier today, I was you know we'd have some trouble. We had some trouble like getting him to go to sleep, whatever, like a nap after feeding. And then you know Alice came into my office and was telling me something, and and she was like, you know, he's he's really you know we're really really lucky because he is actually pretty good about going to sleep, and and you know he is a pretty pleasant baby most of the time, and and you know, and I was like, you don't need to. Say me on him <laughs> like i'm good to keep it i'm like. all right i'm fine i'm not like she came in like like really the hard sell just like hey i mean think about it he's, he's really uh quite a good baby and uh, there's no reason to abandon us like what oh <laughs> <laughs> no sweet. i it was like yeah I don't, I don't know just i was like you don't need to sell. i'm in i'm in I'm, I'm into him i love him to death you know he's just she, like uh, maybe she was going through your search history and like saw that you were booking flights like just one way <laughs> yeah just these one-way flights how to get fake identity how to fake your death like those kinds of things you know yeah uh, what are the extradition laws from guatemala <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. So, but yeah, no, I'm good. He's a good boy. And uh, and he's, I love him. He's huge. He's so heavy now. I don't know. It, it was like he gained three pounds overnight. He was ridiculous. It was like ridiculous how heavy he was this morning. It was very weird. <laughs> Anyways, Tara, how have you been? What's new with you and your life and your fine neck of the woods? I'm good. You know, we had <clears throat> a spontaneous trip to the seaside today. It was so funny. Nice. We just got in the car and we were going to drive to a nearby town just to sort of go shopping and go to the park as we do, you know all the time forever and I just said you know should we go to the seaside and my husband was just like boys what do you think should we go to the seaside and Charlie was really excited and we literally just drove to the seaside and it was so lovely we had fish and chips we had ice cream it was really sunny and the boys were like making sand angels and just loving looking at shells and it was just one of those moments 
in time where you really pay attention to your life and you look at your children and you think wow like they're awesome and you know there there is beauty like this is the wankiest conversation i've ever had but i i it's just it's like i don't know it was just a really lovely day and i think because we've this is the first week it's been legal to do that in months you know like as in for months we've not been allowed to drive anywhere or do anything or go anywhere or see anyone and so for the first time ever we could not ever but in months we've been able to go somewhere and it just felt like ah you know this is life like this is we're here to have experiences we're here to have beautiful people in our lives and i don't know it was just a nice moment and i've had a really rough week recently that rough time so it was just lovely and i think yeah i i don't know i'm feeling more positive like i feel that we are yeah but then i always say that like i was saying that six months ago and then i just think (laughs) what an idiot when i listen back to the podcast like how innocent we were you know but i think you're just a generally hopeful person that's the impression that i get because it it, because it it has been like every week you're like all right well last week but (laughs) Next week. <laughs> Next week's got to be a good one. I mean, I know it's been shit till now, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about it. And uh, the sun is shining. Yeah, I we're, we're talking a lot about whether we should move to Australia. Really? Yeah, I don't know. It's a genuine thought at the moment. Not like it definitely won't happen anytime soon as the borders are still shut. But, you know, someday, maybe in the future, it's... Six months in the future. Well, I yeah, we were, we might be going over there to visit, but I don't know if we've moved there for the next sort of year and a half or so. But who mm. knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. Do you have any sort of big predictions for six months time? Six months from now, I don't know. I I bought a bunch of wildflower seeds, and my plan is to remove my lawn and replace it with just wildflowers. What? Really? Yeah. Wow. That's so. Um. That's so. Uh... <laughs> Measure your words carefully there, Tara. That's a really adventurous thing to do, Matt. And I commend you. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I just feel like you could end up with like a lot of dirt and a few flowers. You know what I mean? Like as in, I don't want to... I don't want to rain on your parade, but I think like wildflowers normally take a couple of years to really set in, I think. But anyway, nah. what would I know? I don't know. You know, you, you go for it. You plant those wildflower They're flower wildflowers. Seeds. Yeah, what? do it. I, I'm excited. I, they I grow look in to... the wild. So I don't yeah. have to do anything, right? No. In the wild, there's nobody there to plant them. Yeah, yeah. And yet they still grow. 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you dig that lawn up. Who needs lovely lawn to sit on when you can sit on some dirt with the odd flower? I think it sounds fantastic. I'm going to come and and have a picnic on your pile of dirt. (laughs) Wow. I'm really sorry, Matt. That was really negative of me, of someone who's like, no, I, like <laughs> supposedly like really positive and optimistic, and I'm I, like shitting all over your like beautiful flower dream. Um, yes. So I'm very sorry about that. I it's you know it's better for the environment to have flowers. Could be good for the bees. Anyway, yeah. I'll see. Great. So hopefully I'll have a nice little wildflower meadow by October. Do you think you could start your own like bee farm? Maybe make some honey and. I had know. a friend who took apiary classes and. I was like, if I bought a beehive and put it in my yard, would you just come and tend it? And he said no. (laughs) 
Wow, that was selfish. Um, I thought so too. I was like, you can you can have whatever honey. I don't even really want the honey. I just want the bees. Why would you want to have like as in if you you're like actively then essentially just asking for stings and you're not even getting honey. So like, where is the benefit? I I literally see like my only reason. The bees are good. So I have like outside of my house. I got Alice got me a bee house one year. So there are these solitary bees that will lay their eggs and and kind of live in little holes in wood and whatnot Mm -hmm. so there's a bee house which is basically a block of wood with a bunch of holes in it and uh the bees filled up all the holes the first year and so earlier this year no last year i built a new bee house from scratch and made that one that one was even bigger because the old one had like 30 holes in it and the new one had like 80 holes in it so that could be even more bees so that's just hanging outside my house and i'll see how that one gets filled up then i guess i'll make another one but it's good for the solid bees which are you know good for pollinization and whatnot so it's good are they it's- like the lone ranger bees are they like the little bees that are like going around and everyone's like come join my hive and they're like no i'm a lone wolf no he's like they're like leaning up against the wall smoking a cigarette yeah exactly. they're just they're like that's not how i roll baby a lone <laughs> bee to the end of my days so it's good for the bees things that are good for the bees are good for like the garden and all kinds of stuff so, um, live alone die alone yes <laughs> I'm a lonely bee. Let me get my guitar. I'll sing you the ballad of Lonely Bee. Lonely Bee. Um, that's nice. Well, I'm so thrilled that you're doing that. That's really beautiful. And I really hope the wildflower... God, I can't say that. I really hope the wildflowers go well. And I am yeah. very sorry for being so negative about that. And, Thank you. Um, that's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> and I'm predicting that, that everything's very nice in the world and that, you know, most people are vaccinated and that because of that, herd immunity is happening and that we can live a normal life again. Absolutely. Yay. All right. Well, that sounds great. So with no further ado, let's get to this evening's guest. I don't know why I said this evening. It's any time. So let's get to our guest. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Please welcome to the show, comedian and podcaster, Jim Daly. Jim, it's so good to see you. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Tara. It's great to see you as well. It, it's been a very, very long time. It has. I think, I'm trying to think, the last time I think I saw you in person, I think, was at the Edinburgh Festival when I was directing News Review. Yeah. And that must have been, I don't know, it was 2015? like 2015. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. That's crazy. And you were doing a show, a joint show with Miranda, weren't you? Yeah. Um, your wife, are you allowed My to wife. say? My wife. Yeah. I, well, it's official. <laughs> People can check the records. It's, it's definitely true. <laughs> I can't deny that. Yeah, we were doing, a, that was the first time I'd done an Edinburgh show. So we did, we did a joint show up there and then got married a couple of years later. So the show went okay. To be that was actually the first time we'd, we'd we'd lived together. Actually, it's a bit of a bit of a dry run for the old uh, marriage. It went fine. Yeah. So, wow. Um, yeah. So that well, was... if you can survive Edinburgh together, that's that's pretty good. That was kind of a, yeah, because Edinburgh is like pretty intense, even if you're yeah. on your own. Like, although you're normally in with like ten other comedians, aren't you? Sort of packed into some student housing. But yeah, we went okay. I mean, the highlight of that show was I, I had only been doing stand up a couple of years. But I thought my set was like, I, had a, I think I had a good like 20 minutes. But the biggest laugh was when I emerged during Miranda's set dressed as Elsa from Frozen. And <laughs> honestly, it just got the biggest laugh every night. So maybe I should just start dressing up more on stage. I don't know. It was just, yeah. <laughs> particularly as Elsa. As, um, yeah, <laughs> well, I am so excited to chat to you about Edinburgh, actually, because when I saw, I don't scroll through Instagram very often. I'm, I'm 
you know, I don't really like to look through social media too much, but I did happen to see that you were doing a show and it like a, a, a post came up about you taking a work in progress up. And I was like, oh, my God, like, because what a year to be doing it. Um, I, I just thought, like, that's fascinating. And I would love to talk to you about that, because not only is it your first solo show ever, yeah. it's also post-COVID which is pretty yeah. massive to be taking a show to Edinburgh when you're not really even sure what Edinburgh will look like. How, how does that walk me well, through that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not taking it to Edinburgh. I'm taking it to Brighton. So I'm doing two nights in Brighton. Are you going to look at taking it to Edinburgh? Because Edinburgh is Edinburgh even running? I, I don't, don't know. know what's going on with Edinburgh at this I don't stage. know. I mean, the ultimate, yes, the ultimate goal is to take it to Edinburgh probably mm-hmm. next year, I'd imagine. I mm-hmm. mean, my plan initially was, so I took a couple of years out of stand-up, basically. I sort of, sort of started, which actually, I think looking back was probably a, a bad idea. I think I should have, I was on a bit of a roll and I, you know, it's like you sort of, you sort of, I don't know, you, you, you're maybe not progressing the way you want and then you try other things. I tried presenting for a little bit and other bits and bobs and, and I, I sort of stopped stand up and I lost that momentum and it took me a while to get back and I only really started two years ago sort of back doing it again which is actually really difficult because I sort of almost got the fear back from getting back on stage again like I just mm. I felt like I had to sort of go back to the beginning again so I really I really wouldn't recommend stopping <laughs> keep going do not do not stop uh, going to those shows no matter how bad it gets <laughs> but my plan was then to do a show I was going to do Camden Fringe that's right I was going to do Camden Fringe 2019 and then play it at all the other festivals so Brighton Tring, anything else, and then build up to Edinburgh 2020. That was my plan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a little thing called the <laughs> pandemic decided that wasn't going to happen. Uh, yeah. So everything's been set back now. So now I'm doing two nights at Brighton in June. And then, to be honest, it's really hard to see past a couple of months in advance, if that, and then see what happens. It's so difficult at the moment. When the pandemic hit, obviously, Camden Fringe was cancelled. So then I booked Leicester Comedy Festival. That was cancelled. Uh, so then I thought, well, I could pick Brighton, but I I may may get the hat trick of cancel cancellations here potentially. So far, Brighton is still happening, but obviously, it, I mean, it's everything depends on what the government say about live performances. Who knows? What it did mean that it was that I had a frantic couple of weeks or maybe months trying to write the show. Then everything was cancelled, and I thought I can relax and not write this show anymore and just see what happens. <laughs> and now it's the start of May, and I am shitting myself because the show <laughs> is still. I've got. I literally got my notes here. It's in a random form of notes, uh, none of which makes sense. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm. I'm. I. You know, I'm a big football fan, and I do like to use footballism. So to take a foot, to go to footballism, I am taking it one day at a time at the moment when it comes to planning gigs <laughs> because it's just so difficult to predict but hopefully Brighton will go ahead and then I'll get to do the show I hope so and I hope it goes brilliantly I imagine are you going to have because you've got a massive following on YouTube you've got over like 100,000 followers which is pretty amazing congratulations on building that up which you know I know you've been working on for a long time right because I remember years ago I remember you having like a video that kind of went viral I can't remember which one it was but yeah. was it like a football song I think yeah. or something like that they're all fo- they're all football songs on that channel and they yeah they they used to sort of now and then intermittently go viral what i learned about the youtube channel is i was it was pretty pretty sort of good for like performing in general and creativity i was very lazy with sort of like doing videos when i felt like it. i'll do one now i'll wait a bit and do another one then when i actually decided to actually try and do stuff regularly on youtube the numbers jumped up ridiculously and the subscribers just flew in and at one point i think i was getting three and a half million views a month and it was just it was mad but i wasn't doing anything different apart from just doing it more regularly doing exactly the same mm-hmm. stuff every friday mm-hmm. i do a video and it people became used 
And that's when the numbers jumped up. Wow. And then obviously recently, since having a child, I have reverted to type and now barely <laughs> upload. So I've, I've been on 106,000 subscribers for six months, maybe seven months. Whereas pe people that are regular with YouTube, you know, are shooting up their numbers and fair play to them. That's, that's, how you, that's how you do it, I think. So, and it's the same with TikTok. I see people on TikTok now and I've seen you know, your videos on TikTok and it's all regularity. If, you're, if, mm. you're, if you've got a good little formula, you know, which you do, if, if you're just regular, people get used to it. If you stop, and this is the same as my stand-up career, if you stop, you just lose that momentum yeah, so quickly it's, and it's really hard yeah. to get it back. Absolutely. And, and I've completely lost my momentum. <laughs> I think... Um, <laughs> It's really sad. I was I was doing really well with it. And then it started taking off a bit in January. I had a few videos starting to get those sort of like, you know, I think one had like 800,000 views or something. Wow. And then I had a couple on, I had one on Instagram get over 2 million views. And it was that oh. feeling of like, oh yeah, I can, but I, yeah. I just, I don't know. I mean, well, like you said, like having a child, like I've got two boys and I, I've just found trying to find the energy to think creatively and make make videos and also like I don't know raise children oh it was actually when the podcast came out in January and we started having to do two a week because initially we were only doing one a week because we were just doing the first of the six months yeah. and then once we started having to do two a week once the first came out and then we were starting to record the second half of the six months plus another first half <laughs> I mean it was just I just felt like I just don't have time to to do the videos anymore and which is yeah I I'm a bit I definitely feel I have to sort of get back on that but it is the consistency thing is is what seems as you say like grow it and seems quite difficult <laughs> but how have you found like being a dad and you know I remember seeing the photos when Miranda posted them it's so beautiful your daughter looks so gorgeous and really like cute and like she's got such a funny personality what is it like how's it been oh I love it I absolutely love it I mean she has she has got a lot of personality I mean she's got two performers for parents so it'd be, <laughs> yeah. it'd be a shock if she didn't she's got a very cheeky smile a ve she does this look at me and I just, I just raise my eyebrows at her. I'm like Maria she does this like really cheeky like you know what I'm up to smart it's so it, I mean it's it melts my heart I absolutely love being a dad it's everything I ever wanted it to be and more it's just amazing and she's now 19 months old so she's a really sort of huggy stage she just wants to cuddle the whole time which is Aww. amazing and she's starting to speak and say words and she's nodding at her new thing so she nods at any question now so I'm like Maria do you love daddy more than mummy nod 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 <laughs> Of course you do. Um, so she, it, it is great. But you're absolutely right. It, it's made me realise recently, and this is going to sound really negative, and I don't mean it to, and I might be wrong, but I feel like doing comedy or doing content creation, which is a really wanky way of, of describing it, it's almost like it's a young person slash single person's game. Yeah. And I look back to when I was without a child, and I think, <laughs> oh my God, I had so much more time to make stuff, and I just, I didn't do it. I did some, I did some, but I didn't, I don't know, I just, I now look at like comedians on the circuit, older comedians, who have got kids and think how the fuck have you done this like fair mm. play this is this is so difficult time mm. management you suddenly have to become like just your own secretary and just incredible at managing time and getting things done so when you sit down at your laptop instead of thinking oh what's happening on twitter today or oh what's what's this on reddit you have to think no you've got half an hour write that <laughs> five minute video or whatever you know what i mean like do do it but stop procrastinating because yeah. it's just because also you want to be a good parent like i want to be a good parent who's there and helps out and is available for cuddles and washing up and nappies i don't want to be a dad that sort of isn't around i also i'm literally around because my office is upstairs uh next to the bedroom so i can't get away anyway there's no there's no excuse but it is just it's so difficult to yeah 
to balance it all. But I wouldn't at the moment. I wouldn't. I, I, I mean, I'm like you. I get annoyed that I'm not making stuff and I've lost my momentum. But also, if the if the flip side to that was not having Maria, well, then I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't change. Absolutely. It. Yeah, hundred percent. Because I honestly think like they are they're everything. You know, like it's just the the joy and the purpose they bring into your life and like honestly on the tough days you're like oh my god like it's that thing where like my husband and I sometimes in moments where like especially if they're both screaming or whatever for some reason and we'll just have moments where we look at each other and be like remember like when we used to be able to just walk out of the house and like yeah. go for coffee yeah. and just like do stuff like but but on the good days often when they're sleeping <laughs> you look at them and you just think oh my god they're the reason for everything like it's just yeah. it's crazy i mean it's just the weirdest being a parent is so strange uh, I, uh, my live show is also about being a dad so i also i'm getting free material as well so you know i need yeah. to kind of be appreciative for that because they're like they're like you know like in comedy they're like right about what you know and i was like well for the last year and a half i've been a dad and it's been massively time consuming might as well turn that into a show Oh, I'll try yeah. material out of it. So yeah, but it is you're you're right. They are. It's just so hard to describe. Like to someone who's thinking about being a parent or whatever. It's like it, it is completely life changing, and you can't really explain how and the the emotions, yeah. and the feelings you feel. It's just it's weird. I also just don't think it's possible for someone who doesn't have children to imagine what it's like because I think they think of it in this way of being like, oh well, you know, I also have a job like that. I work full time or whatever. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's just not that. It's like yeah. you wake up from. 6am and it's go 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 for the whole time until 7pm or 7.30 you know it's like more than 12 hours of just non-stopness like it's really hard to explain it and yeah and sometimes I look at other people and I just think oh, why am I even bothering trying to <laughs> why am I bothering trying to still do this because like I can't keep up with like any of these people I look at people that I did stuff with you know a few years ago like I did some comedy stuff at Soho Theatre with like Olga Koch and Hugh Day, uh, Huge Davies and you know and now they're off getting like nominated for Edinburgh Awards and stuff because they would be gigging every night like non-stop like you know because they can and I can't like I cannot go out and I mean obviously I literally can't because of the pandemic but like now I, I can't most I could do is like one or two gigs a week now and it's just not possible to to progress in the same way because you must get hours in if you're going to become a good stand-up you have to do the hours you know but then I made the decision recently that I'm just not going to care about it I'm just going to do it because I enjoy it and just keep doing what I enjoy you know like it's in keep creating stuff because I enjoy it like it can't be about trying to compete or keep up or whatever because I can't do that <laughs> I can't well that's I the can't. worst that's the worst thing you can do as a performer I think is compare yourself to other people because everyone's journey I'm, I'm getting really sort of hippie-ish here everyone's journey <laughs> in creativity is different you know everyone's journey is different for them and that's the way it is and, and you don't you look at other people and you might think oh they're doing amazing you don't know what they're going through you don't know what's happening in their lives you know they might be having their own issues and worries like it's just and also my plan really is to never give up doing comedy and I think about giving up literally every single day and, and getting a full-time <laughs> job or get but I know I'd hate it I'd hate it so I'm just going to try and be resilient and just keep going and... but you are so resilient like you've done so much like I remember you know like you've worked for you've you've been writing comedy professionally for years like you're doing you're doing pretty amazingly really yeah 
Thank, thank you. That means a lot. That actually does mean a lot because I'm generally currently going through one of my meltdowns about giving up comedy anyway. But it will, it comes and goes. It comes and goes away. Sometimes you get a, get a job and you and you write or perform for a bit and then that disappears and then you're, something else crops up. I'm currently currently hustling for hopefully work during the Euros at the moment. Who knows if that's going to happen? And then, you know, it comes in waves, you know, freelance mm. work. And uh, yeah, you just have to be resilient, I think, when it's happening and resilient when it's not happening and positive as yeah. well, I think, and just keep trying to keep your chin up, really. And everybody in this game struggles from time to time. Even the people you look at and think are super successful, everybody struggles. But it's hard. It's really hard. It is. It's a constant battle. Yeah, absolutely. Have you found it inspiring, like, obviously on your podcast, blank speaking to so many people about those sorts of moments oh definitely yeah it's it's mad how many people come on who are like proper mega stars and then like we had we had mark commode come on you know mark commode like the movie guy like the movie review guy the best yeah. in the business and he came on and literally this is how the intro the podcast went hi mark how you doing welcome to the podcast oh i'm terrible at my job i'm so bad i hate myself i'm rubbish <laughs> Oh wow! So, no, but you're, but you're not. You're really good. It's like, oh, everything I do is terrible. And I was like, oh crap. Okay, if, if Mark Commode is sort of having this, <laughs> then it's fine for all of us to have it. Like, it's it is it's crazy how it does affect people. And it's all perspective. It's all perspective because what you see from one person from the outside rarely is what they're feeling or what they're going through at the same time. So yeah, it's it's. I'm very lucky doing blank because I get to meet these sort of amazing people and get inspired by them and often get advice. Like we had Vicky Stone on last week and she was just like giving me loads of advice about how to do my Brighton show and like how to do the ebbs and flow one-on-one you know comedy lessons <laughs> so it's very inspiring there are some weeks when i turn up to anything I'm not in the mood to do this podcast. I cannot be bothered. And I'm very much someone. Oh, that, like, that's yeah. That like turns on the. I don't know about you, but I'm someone that would turn the put the face on publicly. Mm. So, like pers- Miranda, mm. no, personally, I can be an absolute nightmare to live with because I'm very much out <laughs> about comedy stuff. And if it's oh, I can't fe- not feeling it today, and I get all moody. And then the podcast is on. I'm like, hello, how you doing? But, <laughs> but invariably, by the end of every episode, I'm 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 feeling inspired, or I'm feeling sort of better about myself. It is essentially therapy that I make a tiny bit of money out of doing, which is mad. Yeah. Well, well, it's funny. I mean, yeah, I feel exactly the same way. Like I almost, I would say almost every week, I feel like, oh God, I've got to do a podcast. I, just because I have so much that I have to do all the time. And I, I feel like I, like, I just, I think about like the mental energy of, yeah, uh, I don't know, just doing it. And then, but then I start doing the things like either listening to the people's shows that we're like, we're interviewing, like I was listening to you guys guys today you know like different bits of different episodes of listening to the Stephen Fry one which was amazing and you know and you start feeling inspired and then you speak to the person and you're like oh god I love doing this you know like it's so nice to see you and it's so nice to talk but it's always in the build-up that I always feel I think it's like a combination of like mild anxiety and yeah. you know just feeling like why do I do this to myself but I always feel like I so often feel like that about doing comedy as well where yeah. I'll just be like it's like taking a show anywhere or trying to do a show it's like oh god why do I I shouldn't even do this I hate doing this and then you do it and you're like oh wow like when it goes well it's the best feeling when it goes well (laughs) yeah but Um, but it invariably does I think it's really yeah. rare to have like a really, really like, you know, bad gig or, or die. Like, I think yeah, that's so true. Most yeah. of the time, I think it goes okay. I would say I'm like, again, I'm going to use a footballism, but I'm like the James Milner of comedy because I think I'm about seven out of 10, probably most gigs. Oh my God, I've just jinxed my Brighton show. But I also, <laughs> <laughs> I smash it very often. But I think, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm sort of consistent, but I totally get the thing about like, I think it probably is a sort of mild anxiety, but like, it, you just feel like you haven't got the energy to do it. Like it feels like mm. mentally, it's, it's going to take so much energy, but there is, 
this we're such we're such complicated beings aren't we because like i you think oh i can't be bothered to do this and then you do it and you're like oh my god i love this human interaction and i love talking to other creative <laughs> people i want to do it more why it's just we're just weird people we're just weird we're just weird beings I think. And we're <laughs> constant like balls of emotion and we don't know what we're doing i don't know where i'm going with that apart from just to agree no it's well so true it's nice it's i've actually i'm really grateful that you've said that because it's made me feel so much better because now it's like oh it's not just me it's not like i've got some kind of like issue and i shouldn't be doing comedy or podcasts it's just like how people feel so thank you (laughs) and what have you been sort of into lately like obviously you're writing your show which is exciting do you have what's it been like sort of is there anything you've been into recently during the pandemic you know coming out of it like what's life been like for you at the moment well i'm i'm desperate to get back to to comedy like i'm desperate Mm -hmm. to get back to doing doing stand-up and that's why i've really sort of chosen to this show because i feel like i'm the sort of person that needs an an end game or needs something to work towards Mm -hmm. and i'm doing tiny bits of work on it every day like i really should be doing more and i know it's going to happen i'm going to get to about a week before the show and it won't be written properly and i will be absolutely crapping myself locking myself away in my room (laughs) off limits to everybody but i know it'll be fine i know by the time the show comes out it will be fine because i I Mm -hmm. think actually this is actually do think and i don't know if i'm just convincing myself this or not but i think it's going to be a bit of a golden summer slash end of the year of of performing i think audiences are going to be so desperate for live performances and comedy and musical whatever theater that i think it's going to be like doing a speech uh, a best man speech at a wedding i think every gig and those are the best audiences you will ever perform to ever <laughs> i think it's going to just be like that hopefully because i think people are going to be so keen for keen for comedy so i'm hoping that'll be the case i've spent today sort of doing a bit of gig admin which for anyone that doesn't do comedy is the most boring part of being a comedian it is so dull <laughs> and i hate it and even when you get an agent you still have to do because that's what I thought happened to me. I've got an agent now. They'll just book all my gigs. And then six months later, so I've, I've got no gigs in my diary. Like, yeah, Jim, you still have to keep doing it yourself. I was like, oh, God. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'm not good at that. So, yeah, but I'm so ki- I'm You know when, you, you know when there's like, you've got that one thing you really want to do. And you know, as you said earlier, you're going to question to yourself, why do I keep putting myself in this situation that's giving me anxiety and giving me nervousness? Yet, at the same time, it's something I really, 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 really want to do. That's where I am mm. at the moment with, with stand-up and with this live show. So my whole focus at the moment really is writing this show and making it good and practicing it and just getting back to doing stand-up and and hopefully but i'm like you i won't be i won't be doing it every night of the week because i can't i just i Mm. i I just don't feel like i can do that but if i can do if i can get a weekend show each week maybe a friday or a saturday and then maybe do a couple one or two during the week i i think zoom gigs will continue for a while so maybe i mean they are weird but maybe continue a zoom gig and then have you been doing zoom gigs throughout i've done a couple i've done a couple Mm -hmm. they've been varied i did one that was really good which my mate ran most of the audience were from glasgow and it was really good so i don't know if that's just a glasgow thing that just better audiences <laughs> i did one there's quite a lot out there that are like comedian workshoppy ones sort of like open mics but with no no audience which is basically a lot of the open mic scene in london anyway i did one where they all just everyone critiqued each other's set afterwards and it was horrible i mean it wasn't horrible but it's like i wasn't i was not in the mind frame for that at all like i just wanted to do my set and leave and yeah people sort of picking it apart and i was like having to get my notepad and pretend like oh that's great no thanks very much that's <laughs> Like it was just I wasn't I wasn't ready for it at all. Um but yeah, so there's it's I'm sure there are better Zoom geeks out there, but it's it's difficult and it's competitive at the moment. It's really unless you're a you're a huge name. Unless you basically unless you're a TV name or you've got you're with one of the big agencies off the curb or Avalon or someone like that. Blue book. Hard to get booked. It's hard to get booked. Have you got gigs coming up? I've got one MC gig for Mirth at the end of May. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I've done a couple for them. <laughs> the couple I've done have been pretty hard, but actually like weirdly enjoyable. But I quite like MC. 
MCing. I think it's you can you can get away with being less funny. As an I MC. love MCing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really fun. It is fun. The expectation is a bit lower. You're just sort of there to sort of like keep everyone in check, and you can do sort of more interaction with the audience, which I actually I really really quite like doing. So. Yeah, I love that fact. I love the way you get to sort of build up a relationship with the audience over the night, which is quite quite nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It depends on the audience. I mean, if they're hard, then if you'd rather do your 20 minutes and then get the hell out of there. But if they're a nice audience, actually, it can yeah. be really fun being an MC. So I've got that, and then a couple of Zoom gigs and stuff. I've not really got much built in, but I need I the, this show I have built as work in progress, which essentially is an excuse for it to be absolutely terrible. But I <laughs> would like to book in a few just like practice stuff before then, and just to sort of run through it and practice bits really. But I haven't got a lot in the diary. I would like to have more. Are you going to promote it to to like your your YouTube audience and stuff like that? Will you try and get people in to come and see it? My YouTube audience are predominantly quite young, so probably not. Uh, they're mostly <laughs> teenagers. Oh, I mean, I I am quite family friendly. I think. And in fact, I've decided actually recently to to try not to swear during any of my sets because I I was talking to someone about this. I can't remember who it was. Another comedian, or maybe I was listening to a podcast. Oh my god, there's me a. Stupid <laughs> stupid. But it's like, and they were sort of saying like, if it's your not your style to swear, if it like, and I think I'm quite a. I come across as quite family friendly, I think. So I think actually I need to maybe cut it from my set. And actually then you can drop in a cheeky swear word now and then I think it hits it hits harder if you're if they're not expecting it. So I'm trying to yeah, be a bit more family friendly. Although Miranda will testify that I do swear more than I should do. It sort of slips out. I don't I'm I'm not very I don't know where it comes from because my, my parents were very religious and not very religious, but they were quite religious and they swearing was like my dad thought bloody was a swear word when growing up. So it was very much like frowned upon. So maybe I'm just rebelling. I don't know, maybe I'm just That's I'm, probably <laughs> when you were like I don't know where it comes from my parents were very religious so i was like well that's probably where it comes from <laughs> these yeah this repressed non-swearing gym yeah so i don't i don't know i have i've done football themed shows in the past with my mate uh, dave bibby we do sort of football comedy stuff and i have had a few dave's a little less family friendly than me so i had a few i had a few kids from my youtube channel turn up with their parents and some of the parents enjoy it some of the looks on their fa- parents' faces are like, this isn't really for my 10-year-old, I don't think, to be honest. Um, oh, God. But it, was, it was all fine. It, it was, uh, we had quite a few turn up to our Edinburgh show, actually, which was good. A bit embarrassing for me, but fine. <laughs> and to be honest, an audience, which in Edinburgh, like, you're obviously grateful for. So I don't know. I oh, my gosh, won't. yeah. I probably won't. That's really funny. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that, the fact that it's like an audience of kids potentially like yeah i i had a few people with kids turning up to my show motherhood and lots of people with babies and i i should have expected it given the name but i think i hadn't really realized how many babies would be coming and it definitely made some of the shows quite difficult with like literally screaming babies and you're just like i'm so sorry but like one time i was like do you do you want to go out? And they were like, no, I'm okay. And the baby just like screamed through the whole show. Um, So that, (laughs) that was, that was interesting. Yeah. And then often like on my TikToks, I'll have kids being, being like, oh, I'll I'll have someone comment being like, oh my God, this is so funny. I'll be like, oh, thank you. And then I'll click on their profile and they are literally like six years old. I'm like, oh my God. Um, (laughs) It is is weird, isn't it? Being like, because I remember like YouTube not being a thing. So I think like being a slightly older creator it is it is weird having a younger audience I think it's, it, yeah it's, it's a compliment it's nice because I, I think most young people look at people my age and think you are a granddad stop talking <laughs> to me 
or don't even try. Don't even try doing anything funny. So it is, it is a bit of a compliment, I think, to have. I was talking to someone about this lady called Fiona Murden, who's a psychologist who came on blank, and she was saying teenagers are the hardest people to impress. So actually, if you have followers who are teenagers on your stuff, you, like you're doing pretty well because they normally hate everything. Um, yeah, so you can be like, yeah, I'm down with the kids, changing my name to T-Dizzle. I mean, that that is evidence that I'm well and truly not down with the kids. <laughs> It is, but, but live stuff is different. Live is, you know, as you'll know live is very different. So I think you have to be a bit more careful about who comes to your shows. At the moment, the people that have booked for my gigs are more my age. I think. And I think this this show in particular probably is more people my age. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you name it, give it the right name, you'll attract it. Or like, as in, if you name it something that's relevant to mm. being a dad or whatever, yeah. I doubt like you'll get loads of twelve year olds. Well, when um, Andrew and I did our Edinburgh show, we called it that silly show because we mm-hmm. just thought, oh, it's just us being silly, whatever. And in our promo, I was dressed in a tiger onesie. She was dressed as a, in a ballerina's outfit. And we had parents and kids turning up every single day. Oh, my and we, gosh. And we were like, oh, God, of, it looks like a kid's show. Of course. it looks. Like oh, it. my goodness. You would yeah. you'd look at it and think, oh, great, a show for my kids. And in Edinburgh, there isn't really a lot for oh, kids. No. So parents were probably looking at it thinking, fantastic. Unfortunately, the venue we were in was an over-18s venue because some venues don't have the license to, to allow people under 18 to come in. We, we were turning away kids every single day. One day we turned away <laughs> a, a teacher with 35 kids. And the venue only sat 30, so it would have been a sellout, turn them all away because they couldn't walk past the bar. But you learn these things. Oh, you know, wow. what happens in Edinburgh, you, you get things wrong and you learn it and then you, you try and do better next time. But yeah, that was a that was a bleak show that day because I think we had about five people in then. So yeah. Wow. Gosh, that's amazing. It does show you the importance of the name and stuff. Because sometimes I think, you know, oh, who cares? It's just a name. But actually, I got like that show, Motherhood, sold out a number of times and it was 100% because of the name like it you know people don't know who I am they're not coming to see me they're coming to see someone talking about early motherhood because that's what they're going through and I think yeah so that's where like if you can name it something that is like I don't know relevant to people then it can create a sort of niche for you as well but so what about your like is in other than work stuff what's been is there has there been anything you've been really into recently like that you've got into over the last few months i've got a very very boring answer are you sure you want to hear it <laughs> yeah i do <laughs> i've well firstly i've taken up running which is which is actually even more boring than the thing i'm about to tell you about but <laughs> i've taken up running and I, I never wanted to be someone who runs i thought most people that ran were complete wankers but actually it's really good <laughs> it's actually really good like mentally it's good you're out we're very lucky we live in the countryside so we've got ni- like nice roads to run down it clears your head honestly it's it's really good but the thing i've actually got really into i can't believe i'm about to tell you this because it is actually really embarrassing is um fantasy football oh wow i've always wondered about people who are into now you're meeting one yeah you know one you now know one can you tell me about it like as in because i don't i just don't get it like what do you what what do you actually do? It's incredibly geeky. So you do, you basically pick, I can't believe I'm so sorry. Uh, you base you basically pick eleven players from the Premier League, and then they get points depending on how they do that weekend. If they score goals or get an assist or get a clean sheet, it's oh. it's like football accountancy. It's like sort of like if football was played on a spreadsheet by boring people like me. Gosh, wow! But I've got really into it because everything <laughs> about my life and my career has gone out the window, and I have zero control over any of it at the moment mm-hmm. and so actually finding this little corner that I'm, I'm actually doing quite well if I was doing badly I would not be telling you this right now but I'm actually <laughs> doing like quite well so it's really nice to have a little thing that is just just for me that I'm in complete control over every 
week and so when things go well it's my fault when they don't it's not my fault and it's just it's i it, i have like a little sense of control over something a, and a sense of power weirdly and it's i know it's just numbers and football and i don't have any control over the games because i'm obviously not involved in premier league football anyone that's seen me play football <laughs> will know that would never happen but there's just something quite enjoyable about it and it's it's genuinely I can't believe i'm saying this it has genuinely got me through lockdown and i think that might be the saddest thing i've ever said in my entire life <laughs> But I no, think I think it's like, it's nice that you found something that you enjoy, you know, like, um, what, so are you competing with other people? Like, is it on an app or something? Yeah, well, so in, what, in what space is this? It's on an app, on the official Premier League app. And um, <laughs> it's, I'm competing I'm in one mini league where there's there's quite a big buy-in into it with a few guys I used to work with who are the most competitive, worst banter guys ever. I mean, they are any betting advert you see with lads and you think, I bet those guys are wankers. It's basically those guys. The fact I'm top of this league <laughs> is giving me so much joy that I can rub it in these guys' faces because I get so much shit from them about everything every day. So yeah, I, in this one particular mini league, and I'm currently 115 points clear with four games left that it would take unprecedented levels of falling apart for me to lose this title but having said that it is Jim Daly so anything is possible <laughs> but yeah it's 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 actually weirdly so it's given me a connection with these guys I used to work with it's it's got me closer to my personal trainer so I got a personal trainer called Sam who's a really lovely guy we're we're in a head-to-head league in fantasy football we have become <laughs> really good friends like I mean it's weird because like, technically I am paying him to be my friend which actually when you look at it that way is <laughs> not ideal but it gives us something to talk about and it's just it's a real leveler. I don't know. I'm just, I've been talking about fantasy football now for five minutes. Um, your listeners are going to switch off, but it is, um, <laughs> it's, it's just been something that I've been able to just have my little, my little control over. And it's been, it's been wonderful. I can't lie. It's been fantastic. That's so lovely. I'm definitely not telling my husband about this because I'm almost <laughs> certain that he'll be like looking into it and then signing up. I already allow him. <laughs> I don't allow him. He can do, he can do what he wants, but he watches quite a lot of Arsenal, and I feel like I can't have any more football related things <laughs> activities um, in the house. Uh, so he won't be finding out about this. But uh, that sounds good. It's funny when you said about you know your personal trainer being like your friend that you pay to be your friend. I I was thinking that actually the other day about my therapist is <laughs> I'm coming to the end of therapy now I've like sort of come to that point where I finally convinced my therapist that I'm like doing okay there were a few times where I've t- tried to do it previously and I'm like I'm ready to end therapy and he's like no I don't I don't know if you are but this time he's been willing to let me to let me finish and it's really weird it feels almost like a weird breakup because you're just like I don't know what what is this like he literally knows probably more about like some of the most deeply personal things in my life than probably anyone possibly you know I mean my husband knows a lot but I don't know there might be even things that I haven't told him and now it's just like okay well bye forever you know like it's <laughs> it's just weird it's such a weird relate it's such a weird dynamic where you're like you know it is just kind of like this person that you've paid to like be someone who cares about all this stuff uh, but anyway I, I think it's healthy it's really healthy i feel like most weeks i bore my counselor and she's she's really good she's very good at not letting me overstep the mark because she does i think it's called person-centered therapy so she goes on what i say and what i the emotions i come up with but i quite often ask her questions and she can't answer yeah because she's not allowed to and i was like what do you think about this then she's like jim i've told you i can't answer it's person-centered it has to come from you i'm like but sure surely this is ridiculous she's like no jim it has to come from you i feel like most weeks when she's says like you know so 
exactly what's going on. I feel like I feel like I'm like when I told you about fantasy football. I feel like I'm about to bore this person silly and then pay them <laughs> quite a lot of money at the end of it. So maybe actually that she's listening to my boring problems. But it is it is a very weird it's a very weird dynamic. But as you say, it's it's incredibly healthy. Since I I went I went back to counselling at the start of the pandemic just to see if like mm. I think this is going to be a weird time, so I'm going to go back to it. And I've only recently reduced my sessions, so it's been mm. incredibly helpful. Really, really, really yeah. important. Yeah, I've had the exact same. I started back in February and I was like great timing <laughs> because you know it really really helped through uh you know there were some dark dark old periods during that time so uh yeah but I definitely feel things are getting brighter but then it's also it's like well am I being tricked by the fact that it's getting warmer but I don't know I feel <laughs> I don't know I feel like I've, I feel like I've worked through quite a lot and I'm ready to sort of be out on my own I was yeah. going to say like a little fishy. I have no idea why I was going to say that. Anyway, that's weird. So, okay, well, we've got where you're at now. Obviously, we're going to speak to you again in six months. So do you have any sort of big goals for where you'd like to be in six months, what you will have liked to achieve, that kind of stuff? I really hope the show goes well. I'd love to be <laughs> gigging more regularly. I would love to have the show have gone well enough that I want to then start maybe applying to edinburgh next year that i think <laughs> it's good enough to continue but that would be nice so yeah hopefully hopefully i've got a few more regular gigs G- gigs are a thing a few more regular gigs and w- weekend work would be nice because that's obviously the best best paid working on the solo show and yeah and, th- and that's about it really i just uh, most of my worries and concerns and anxieties are work related to be honest so <laughs> if, if work is going okay then i tend to feel okay if it's not i tend to be curled up in the corner of the room crying myself to sleep so hopefully it'll be okay because mainly because i know that my ho- my home life i'm incredibly settled you know i have absolutely no worries about my home life i'm married to my best friend i've got a lot i've got an incredible daughter who gives me joy every day i live with my mother-in-law and get this i really get on with my mother-in-law which is great That's amazing for my, yeah terrible for comedy awful for comedy <laughs> great for my relationship so um my home life is never a problem but work gives me my most anxieties of anything so if if things are ticking i'm not expecting too much because this is a mad year but if work is sort of ticking along by november and i'm paying the mortgage and and surviving and if if the show goes well then i'll be delighted that's that's where i hope to be so i'm not i'm not expecting i'm not giving too many expectations but i really hope it all goes well and that's so beautiful like it is i think in those moments where you know you are anxious and stuff like what a beautiful thing to remember to say like you're married to your best friend like that's awesome you know that's so beautiful I mean I feel the same I love the way I was saying that like you know <laughs> I wish I was married to my best friend <laughs> what a lucky guy <laughs> yeah no I, I feel absolutely the same and I think actually yeah that's something that is I'm so grateful for to have those yeah. relationships that make you feel like actually that is what that's what life's all about isn't it it's yeah. like and obviously it's great to have an amazing career it's great to have money (laughs) you know those things do all help and everything but I think that core stuff the you know who you who you love who loves you they're kind of what really that's the juice of life you know that's what what makes life worth living so do you have any um big swing predictions for the world yeah I I did I saw that on the email uh I don't know about big swing I think okay I'll I'll do a big one I'll do a big one actually because my little ones are going to be I think social media will be different in six months I think I think I wonder if actually a lot of big organizations will leave social twitter and instagram because of the online abuse at the moment it's it's getting i don't know if it's going to work so i wonder i think social media will look different in in six months I, but i'm going to mm-hmm. go down the politics route i think that some awful person will be prime minister in six months and i know we already have a person but i mean someone like <laughs> yeah. a celebrity prime minister by then i think uh i think it's all going to implode i think that the tory party is going to tear themselves apart and i think 
there's going to be some celebrity as prime minister. Wow. I hope it doesn't happen. That is a big swing prediction. If it does happen, I would definitely be really impressed with your prediction skills. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. Uh, Not great for the world, but great great. for, for you. So one last thing we ask our guests to do is basically to set up a joke or a sentence that you do the punchline for in six months time. So all you have to do is is think of the setup. Now I say all you have to do. The setup's often the most important part, but there is <laughs> literally no pressure. It does not matter. So and also you've got six months to think of the perfect punchline. So um, <laughs> if you just want to have a think for a moment, no, and I'm, then I'm, I'm good to go. I'm good to go. This isn't really a joke, but I say I'm going to say that my Python print show went. Fine. Uh, it went pretty well, I guess. I don't know, because it was the first time I'd ever, ever done a solo show. So it was very enjoyable to do. The audience seemed to like it. The notes all seemed to work. I, you know, it all went fine. It, it was a show. It felt like a show. So to me, that felt like a victory, I guess, for the first ever solo show. Um, right. And then obviously a place to start with and, and move on, you know, to try and improve it. I did it twice again. I did it the next night again in Brighton, which went pretty much about the same. Um, actually, if not slightly less good. No, it was fine. It was all fine. Um, and then I did it again in part of Camden Fringe in August. So what was that? Two months later, which which also went went well, I guess. So yeah, it, it was it was a uh, encouraging start um, for a solo show. Uh, yeah, I don't think I really could have asked for anything anything better, really. Okay, so it went fine. It was good. You felt like structurally it it works. The jokes work. Maybe some minor tweaking, but for the most part, you felt. Felt like it was felt really pretty good about the whole experience. Yeah, I think so. I mean, maybe 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 some major <laughs> tweaking, which uh, sort of sounds like a weird rank in the army, but I, I think it probably needs. Yeah, it needs. I guess you know as a performer, don't you, when things are working, when things aren't working, and it felt like it was kind of working, I guess. And uh, the second night, I had it filmed actually, which, like, looking back, is pro- actually probably a bit bold. But I, I think I wanted to see how I wanted to watch it so I could see if you know how it worked as an audience right. member, and but also ideally clip up clip up bits maybe and use them to, for social media and stuff ahead of sure. future shows and stuff. But the second night was they were they were mm. they were colder from the start. They were they weren't quite as warm as the first night. I don't know if I did something different at the start. I don't know. But so some of the jokes didn't land earlier but actually weirdly then later on some of the other jokes landed better but but that's just comedy that's just that's just what happens you get audiences are different every night and that's just kind of the way it goes so yeah it was um it was definitely encouraging it was encouraging that the the, yeah the jokes seemed to work i mean it was like 90 percent new material so that was quite nice and i've spent years doing the same set over and over which like this is kind of why i stopped doing comedy because i got so bored of 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 my stuff and then never was writing new stuff and then use this show as like an excuse to like write new material and it all seemed to you know do okay so that was quite in quite encouraging obviously since then i've written basically nothing else so you'd think i'd use it as a springboard to, you know write loads more material but um not so much <laughs> yeah what was really nice was do when i did it in camden so in august a few mm-hmm. months later and i tweaked a couple of bits on it it was you know sort of bits here and there but not a lot but my friend dave bibby who i think i mentioned in part one who i do a lot of comedy stuff with he sort of i guess helped direct it on the night it was just there for tech and sort of general sort of moral support and he's a very very experienced performer and has done multiple edinburgh shows currently in panto just a very experienced mm-hmm. performer someone i very much look up to and 
basically try and impress most of the time. And he, as we were walking out the venue, was going, "That's a, that's a this is a, this is a good show for for a first show. This is great for where you are." This, the jokes landed. He, yeah, he was I was going to say that very... um, But he was no, uh, he was like that almost was such damning with big praise. It's just like, hey, you know, wow, I was really. I mean, <laughs> I was not expecting a lot, and so you really crossed that bar. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah i think he's just uh it's i think it's when you see your mate do something good you're always happy right. and i think he was just happy that i'd done something good and and maybe a little bit of surprise because it was third third time doing it and you know and and right. first time doing a solo show so maybe a little bit but it was it was more i could tell he's very very pleased for me and that in turn made me feel very confident like oh okay and i said Excellent. to him like oh so you know am i okay for sort of Edinburgh next year, he was like, oh, you're way ahead of the game, like, for Edinburgh. Like, I was like, oh, that made me feel really... And again, from coming from someone that I really respect and look up to, that was a really nice confidence yeah. booster. So that made me feel like I was in a... Yeah, I guess in a good place, sort of, in terms of progression of the show. Well, I'm glad that you're in a good place to perform at an event that is almost certainly not happening next year. <laughs> 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 the way things go. So, Jim, how how have the last six months been treating you? What, um, how, professionally quiet. I doing the shows mm-hmm. in June and then August. I felt very sort of buoyed by it all, especially that first night in Brighton. Although weirdly, I got a um, really bad cold that night. I literally felt it in my throat as I got in the car. You know, sometimes you just feel you can feel the sort of lump form in your throat. And I was like, oh no! Mm-hmm. And, I was, and I was really sick for for a couple of weeks after that. And I don't know if it was just like I was sick and the the anxiety, the, the adrenaline of performing hid that. Or I don't know. Maybe I caught something that night. Who knows? Maybe I got COVID. Although I actually do literally now have COVID. So that also has also been something that has <laughs> been trying to deal with in the last, in the last few weeks. Terribly timed. Hopefully I'm going to come out in time for Christmas. But that is... Yeah, everybody's uh, like, I, I this is COVID every time. I think every yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I felt... Like, yeah. It's it's COVID. Yeah. It. Well, back in yeah back in June, I had to ring the doctor. and was like, I'm pretty sure I got COVID. And he was like, I've had this phone call numerous times. You don't have COVID. Just chill <laughs> out, Jim. But it was, it was definitely like, yeah, you're definitely on alert. I felt like ready to get back to gigging, I guess, because gigging had only sort of started to come back in April, May of this year. And I had a couple of gigs booked in yeah. and they went well, but I just haven't, I haven't had a lot on. I, I, I was saying to Tara in part one, mm-hmm. I'm very bad at doing the gig admin and booking gigs and stuff. And yeah, I think me too. That's really almost as important as performing when you're when you're a performer, really. And and the, the people that really progress are the people that are really good at the admin. And, and, and they're not always even the best performers, but they're just so good at that side of the game and that they, they constantly have loads of gigs. Whereas I'm someone that I, I'm a competent performer, but I, I, I'm so bad at booking. So I just don't really have any gigs. And then I'm sitting there on a Saturday night going like, why has he got a gig? Why don't I have a gig? And it's like, well, you, you literally didn't ask for it, Jim. You didn't book it. it, it like, so who's going to, yeah. you know, you're going to have to tell people you want the gig before people can't read your mind so it's not been the busiest time but on the flip side to that we my family and i are having work done on our house and we're currently living in temporary accommodation so that and that's been very nice intense and time consuming and so part of me has almost intentionally sort of not taken on too much work because i don't want to I don't know. It felt like it felt like a lot, a lot happening mentally. Yeah. So actually, having not too much work on has I mean, I've been able to sort of just focus on the family for a little bit over Christmas or what over kind last. of work are you having done in the house? So we're having a um, extension put out the back, and then new bathroom, new kitchen. So very exciting. Yeah. Um, but it's meant we've not been able to live in the property, so we've had to mm. had to move out. And we're staying in a in a very small rented accommodation, literally two minutes up the road. Um, it's a sort of converted barn, which sounds a lot sort of fancier 
than it actually is. And, um, <laughs> it, it, there's literally two rooms. Converted in barn it. sounds not that fancy because, I mean, converted <laughs> barn, there's a lot of like room in there for it. Like it's been converted into a nice hotel or it's like they cleared out the hay and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's more the latter. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's actually like they got three, they got three, yeah, so it's called the sty, so it's where the pigs used to stay, literally like <laughs> pig styes, and so it's it's not, not big, it. it's just a small, yeah, pigs don't need loads of rooms, so it's just like big enough for a few pigs, mm -hmm. and so they've converted that, basically these are all like the sort of, there's three of these barns, and basically they, the, the people that run the farm, they hire them out for like weekends, mm -hmm. or like people that have come for a wedding, and they need to stay somewhere for the night, so it's not somewhere that you move in for three months, but we have, and so we've moved in with all of our stuff, and and I've literally bought like three t-shirts. I'm just wearing the same three t-shirts on rotation. And uh, it's just, yeah, we just got like, and I'm constantly thinking, where's this? Where's my, oh, it's back at the house. And then like, and I can't, I actually even can't legally go back to the house right now because I have COVID. So I'm, I'm, I can't move location. And I did, when I got um, uh, diagn diagnosed, that sounds so dramatic, you don't get diagnosed <laughs> with COVID, when I got a positive test. Um, and when you were given the black spot. <laughs> exactly, yeah, when I, was gonna, when I got the dreaded phone call. <laughs> but I thought I would um, go back to the house for one night to try and isolate from my family to help them. But then the builders, I told mm -hmm. the builders, I was like, look, I'm in the house, so like avoid me. And they were like, oh, we're not coming. We don't, none of us want to get COVID, so we're not going to come for three days, which totally made sense. And I was like, oh, okay, that's actually, that's totally fair. <laughs> So that's pushed that back, yeah. but now I can't go to the house, so I'm stuck here. So everything just feels like I'm in this sort of purgatory, COVID purgatory, and I can't go anywhere. Were you like, uh, I was like, no, no, I'm just trying to protect my family. I don't care if you live or die. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. There's a dumb. hierarchy <laughs> of importance here. Yeah. Like, I've got priorities. I'm sorry, guys. Like, you're doing a great job yeah, in the house, on, but you are <laughs> way down the list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, good, they're good builders. Yeah. Like, we feel, we feel lucked out. They're good guys, and they're doing a good job, so I don't want to, like, lose them. And 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 Because oh, that in itself is a lottery trying to get builders that one that you like two that like and i'm not an alpha male as i'm sure you can sure. tell from 10 minutes in this call that like you can talk to because <laughs> most builders intimidate me and i feel like a child talking to them so these guys are actually really nice and so i yeah i totally i get it and i feel really guilty that i have set everything back on the house and i've made them anxious and i've made all my friends anxious that were near me yeah. and yet all i've done is is i've got i don't know i've got covid i feel i have like covid guilt i feel really guilty that i yeah. have covid and that i have i haven't i didn't go like around kissing people everybody... down the street i haven't intentionally got it or injected myself with covid yeah. i just like it's just kind of happened but i feel really guilty yeah you're not out there trying to spread it as much as you can you're or you know <laughs> you weren't trying to get it and then like I'm taking everybody with me. It's just, it happens. A lot of people, especially now, it's getting this Omicron variant is no joke. Apparently, it's just, it's really crazy. So don't don't beat yourself up about it. It's not like you're patient zero. So <laughs> I hope not. Uh, no, I'm not. Nearly. It's like it's you're like it, patient. I'm not special. Billion, this know? is the thing. I'm not special. I'm. In fact, I'm one of the last people yeah. probably to, to get it around here. It's actually, it's really been rampant around here. Like you weirdly thought, I weirdly mm -hmm. felt a bit left out having not had COVID. It's like, oh, another thing that I've been rejected from. You know, I've got a whole career of rejections, and this is just the latest That's thing. Um, but now I have it. FOMO ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well congratulations i guess I... thank you this is a career is kind of 
you know, whatever. But you still have the podcast, right? You're still doing blank and you're still doing the, you do, a, a, is it the Crystal Palace soccer podcast? Those are things I really make my main, my main income from at the moment. I, I would love to pivot mm-hmm. that and it'd be more from live comedy and or scripted comedy or uh, any any comedy. And it has been for a time. Like, this is the thing about my career. It, it sort of ebbs and, it ebbs and flows. And like, you know, I've had a couple of years where I was making loads of money from right. comedy live and sketch stuff or whatever. And then it sort of disappears and you're waiting for the next job. And in between that time, you're having to, you know, you're having to make things work however you can. Mm-hmm. It's actually, and Blank has been a good consistent, doesn't really make much money, but like it's been a good consistent thing to do. FYP, the, the Palace podcast is where I sort of make most of my money. And that's obviously felt very lucky to keep that going during lockdown i mean a lot of performers have had to stop i know performers who are way more established than me who have had to go and work in supermarkets and amazon warehouses and stuff like this to keep going and and these yeah. are guys that are you know incredible top of their game and i've been lucky enough that i've been able to keep going with the podcast and and just sort of continue and not have to go and do anything else really and actually almost pick and yeah. choose what i can do in terms of income so i felt yeah. Uh, very that, lucky. That is, explains why Eddie Izzard checked me out at that Tesco the other day. So that was <laughs> exactly. It all makes sense now. Yeah. So well, that's good. Those are going well. And is Crystal Palace doing well this year? How are the elephants? <laughs> I wish they were called the elephants. <laughs> that's a much, much better name than the. I'm Eagles. trying to get this going. Now that you're kind of on the inside of Crystal Palace fandom, I really wish you could start just casually referring to them as the elephants because that's something I've been trying to get going. For years now, for no particular reason, is that uh, I just want them to be called the elephants. <laughs> so I mean, you know. I I'll try. I mean, we do we we do um you know we are from South London and and Elephant and Castle is a it's a famous part of South London, so there is a connection. There you, you go. know, that wouldn't be the the weirdest thing in the world. So I can definitely try. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they have been called the Eagles since 1975. So okay. um, I can't promise anything, Matthew, but I'll, I'll try. But I heard their eagle died recently. <laughs> Well, they have. There may be an opening. So, you, would you like a bit of inside information, actually, on that? Sure. That's all I want in this podcast. There's more than one eagle. There's more than one eagle. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. This is so sad. Yeah. So there has been multiple. They've been through multiple eagles. I'm sorry. This is like sorry. when I found out that the mall Santas weren't. <laughs> so I think they're onto like their fifth eagle. So sorry. Oh well. So you got the little one, and she's two yeah, now. Yeah, two right? and a bit. Yeah. She's fantastic. She's very funny. Yeah. Very cheeky. But she's, uh, yeah, she's brilliant. She brings a lot of joy into our lives and she's been fantastic. And she's actually been brilliant with this whole house thing because oh, I was yeah. slightly worried that that might, you know, I guess have an effect on her in some way or something or, or, or make her act weird. But she's been really, really good, actually. So, yeah, she's been brilliant. And, and actually that journey, which is obviously part of the show, is about sort of being a dad and stuff. But that, that journey has been uh, intense as it can be when you've got a toddler. I'm sure it is for anyone. But it's been very enjoyable and very rewarding mm-hmm. as well. And uh, as I say, she just brings a lot of sunshine and, and, and cheekiness into our lives so feel very blessed in that regard really she's been good and she's you know helped me write content literally for a stand-up show so uh, i'll always be grateful for, her for that now. as well and uh, can't wait to show her the video of me performing it in brighton when she turns 16 <laughs> can't wait to embarrass her with stories about about the show when she gets older and you know she's currently still in the stage where she thinks mum and dad are brilliant but i know in a few years time she'll find us unbelievably embarrassing right and actually i can't wait that's that's actually probably going to be my most enjoyable time as a parent because the the potential for winding her up and annoying her is going to be absolutely it's going to be massive um and i can't wait for that because i think really it's every parent's prerogative to wind up their children as much as possible right. so um i'm very much looking forward to that time yeah you can be when, when all her high school friends come over you can be like, oh, let me show you kids this bit I wrote yeah. about the time she had a poop explosion on the train. It's a- <laughs> 
It's ten minutes exactly. of solid gold comedy about her bowel well, we movements. Have... <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, when she was four weeks old, I think. We got like photos taken, as all parents do, as I guess these sort of like studio professional sort of photos and stuff. Uh-huh. And we were supposed to then have them every three months or something but obviously covid happened so we haven't ever again but we got these like photos taken and there's one where she really wasn't into it like she she's like four weeks old she's like what are you doing and she she wouldn't really sit still and again four weeks old i mean hindsight we were probably asking too much yeah but there was one where she's like crying down the lens of the camera and she looks like she looks she's really crying and it just made us laugh and so we actually bought that photo as part of our bundle and our plan is to blow it up onto t-shirts for her 16th birthday uh and i'm i don't stick to a lot of plans in my life but that is one thing i'm 100 percent gonna stick to so actually yeah. i mean it's like 14 years away i'm gonna be a very different person i'm sure by then but i yeah. I, I actually can't i don't want to wish away the years of being a parent but i actually can't wait for that it's gonna be it's gonna be the the longest setup to a punchline ever but it's gonna be very very much worth yeah. it it's already in the calendar for 2036 <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. i can't wait that's nice well i'm glad that yeah you're still enjoying being a parent. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I was expecting. Like, you'd be like, oh, two years old? Hate it now. Six months later? <laughs> it just sucks. <laughs> yeah, not worth it. Turns out, not worth the effort. Yeah, it was like, it turns out 19 months was the perfect age, and now just <laughs> fuck them. But, uh, so you're still doing the, the fantasy football? Did you win your league? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I actually, uh, this is the, this is going to be the geek, the geekiest, nerdiest brag I've ever done in my life. But uh, I, and I like talk about this in the show as well, because it genuinely was like something that got me through like lockdown Mm. at the time. But um, so I, there's like, for context, 8 million people, 8 million people that play fantasy football in the entire world. And at the end of last season, I I came in the top eight thousand. Whoa! I can hear myself saying it, and like I can hear your listeners literally switch, switching off as I'm talking. But it's 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 actually not something to be proud of, is it? Um. So anyway, so anyway, to answer your question, like yeah, it, it went it went it had a good season. It went well, and and I'm, I'm I'm I then stupidly over the summer thought thought I was some sort of like FPL expert and figured I must like be really good at this now. And like I went on like a, a YouTube channel for like some fpl thing and i was like oh my i'm gonna be like an fpl guru this is my my whole life is like mapping out right. in front of me um and i'm now having a terrible oh. season uh, <laughs> so i think it was just a i think it was just a flash in yeah. the pan so yeah it's not going as well oh that's too bad you were you were like yeah i'm gonna be i'm gonna be like making money giving tips this is a whole new third podcast where i'm gonna be out there you know people subscribing to <laughs> yeah. all my uh, all my great <laughs> Fantasy tips. Yeah, fantasy. Big, my parents do like fantasy golf, which I'm just like, this. it feels like that's peak fantasy league. <laughs> like, nonsense. I was like, I was like, baseball, I get. How, how does that work? Because that's very different. I think it's just, yeah, I don't know. You you just pick golfers that, I don't know. I don't, I've, I don't fully comprehend how fantasy sports work to begin with. <laughs> so. Because what do they get? Because like, in, in like football, in like football and like NFL, and I know that's a big one. And, and, and baseball, you said, like, I can imagine what you get yeah. points for. Like, I guess if you like hit a home run, you get like five points. And if you score a goal in football, you get like six yeah. points and I guess a touchdown or whatever. And then, but like, what do you, what do you get it for in golf? Because they're just, I, I guess like holding one. I don't know, but they're, they're really rare. Like what, they're just like hitting the ball. Right. Down the down the fairway. I don't. Maybe you get a point for like not going in the bunker or something, or do you get a point for like wearing nice snazzy trousers and hat. Like because I know some of them dress fancy. I'm I'm actually really I'm really intrigued now as to how I'm gonna have to Google fancy golf you know, actually. After I, the call, you know, cause... maybe it's like you get 
so many points if you're under par or maybe you get so many points if you when you land a putt if you do that arm pump you know they a lot of times will like pump the arm in the air like, yeah uh but then if they don't do <laughs> yeah. it then you don't get the points you're yeah like, yeah or what about you know sometimes they sort of they sort of they spin their club around you know sometimes they do a good putt and they sort of spin their club in the air and it does like a 360 and then they catch it again on yeah. the handle that's got to be do worth you, think you get points. extra points or lose points if they like go in a lake or something like do you think because that seems like a rare thing but i don't know i think you lose points, lose points. <laughs> <laughs> i don't think you're supposed to do that i think that's i'd imagine that's probably quite a yeah i think you there was there was a i'm not a like my dad's really into golf but not, i never really yeah. like got into it i feel like i should do because then like we could bond over it or something i don't know but there was one guy who once it was one of the major tournaments i can't remember which one and he like got in the water the ball went in the water he was called like jean van der velde or something it's like a french uh-huh. nobody and then <laughs> that's really harsh me calling this guy nobody he's a millionaire he's golf, but whatever but like, <laughs> exactly yeah he's like one of the most famous golfers in the world but you know yeah, yeah you hammer him jim yeah <laughs> he's a he's a professional at the top level of his sport but yeah no he's nobody but you know yeah. you came like uh did okay at fpl you know yeah you you're, you're definitely qualified to uh hammer this french guy but he took his shoes and socks off and like got in the water and everyone was like <gasps> and i don't i feel like you lose points for being in the water but i think it gains points for like taking his shoes and socks off and like really going for it so yeah that's i guess that's where what yeah. i would do there i don't know i think we've determined that fantasy golf is more art than science it's really it's like <laughs> yeah. style points yeah it's completely golf. open to interpretation there are no leagues nobody knows who how many points they're getting yeah. they just get the points they feel like they're gonna get well i'm sorry your league's not going that great um this year but you know, there's always next year. I think you just need to you need to just watch more. You got to watch more YouTube videos, get more <laughs> insider tips, and, uh, and then I think you'll uh, you'll be back on track to be. Hey, maybe I I have faith in you to, to break into that top uh, seven thousand. Frankly, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. I needed a pep talk today. So and there's a busy festive period of football coming up. Sure. It, I mean, a lot of the games are getting cancelled because of COVID. So it's actually like basically impossible to plan any games. Um, but I needed a pep talk today. So I appreciate that. And I will I will let you know how I'm going. I will let you know week by week. I, I, will, I will update you so much you're going to get annoyed. Uh, and I will I will let you know when I hit, if I ever hit that top seven. <laughs> thank you. I will, I'll do it. I'm going to do it for you, Matthew. I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to be doing so, it. Do you just going to have a picture of me next to your computer? <laughs> you know, just like this for you, for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And when like, I'm struggling, gonna, finally have something to replace that frame photo of my wife and child. <laughs> Ugh, been looking for something for years. I'm, I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a wristband that's got WWMD. What would Matthew do? Whenever I'm thinking about what transfer to make, yeah. I'm gonna look at that wristband, and uh, yeah, it's gonna power me on through. Exactly. Matthew would probably make the choice that involved the silliest name. So that's usually how Matthew makes decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Jim, so like over the last six months, like looking back, what do you think is the biggest change that you've experienced, like personal, professional? I guess you've changed address, which is a uh, at least temporarily, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've changed. I've changed address, and I've got COVID, so I've biologically changed yeah. my cells in my body, mm-hmm. and those are probably two of the biggest changes. Uh, professionally, I mean. Not not a ton. Um, I uh, doing the show was a big uh, sort of personal milestone for me and, and a big accomplishment. And and just f- being able to have done that and, and feeling a sense of accomplishment was was big. So that that was that was pretty much my one target for this year. And so I feel proud of doing that. And I felt really buoyed for about twelve hours after that first show. <laughs> I realized I can really take on the world of comedy. Uh, and now six months six months later, I'm sort of still. I guess where I was in terms of gigs and work sure. and stuff like it's it's not been a big a big huge change but also it's been a um 
I, actually, I listened back to the foot part one. And I think I said to Tara that this year is going to be, this summer is going to be a golden age of comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a golden that. age of audiences wanting to come back. And we're all going to flourish. And I would say, Matthew, that over the course of that six months, I had about eight gigs. Yeah. Um, so turns out not such a golden no. age uh, for, for Jim Daly personally. Uh, yeah, when I heard that, I was like, I hope, well, that wasn't my experience, but I hope it was good for Jim. <laughs> no, it turns out, no, it turns out very much, uh, very much the opposite. I mean, I'm planning to do the show next year at multiple festivals. Like, I'm booked in for Vault Festival in in London in January. I'm booked in for Leicester Comedy Festival in February. I'm booked in for Brighton again in the same venue in May. I'm hoping to do Buxton Comedy Festival in July, and then obviously, hopefully, I've applied for Edinburgh next year. But I, I it's really now that the Omnicorn has really hit us and there's rumours we're going to go into lockdown literally the day after Christmas yeah. or Boxing Day as it's called to some people I, I don't know what's going to happen like I, I feel like my Vault show is probably going to be cancelled yeah. uh, I don't know it's really hard to plan for next year really I think we're sort of back to where we were pretty much a year ago so which, which like mentally is a really tough place for performers to be in I mean as I said earlier I feel lucky I have the other things keeping me going there are other performers who rely on gigs and, and and performing live literally for their mortgages and stuff yeah. and they're mentally it's gonna be so hard for them because they're gonna have spent a year not performing six months performing again and then and they're back to where they were so it's 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 difficult really to sort of plan for where we are but as i said to sort of tar in the first part like i'm just my main plan with comedy and performing is just to like keep going <laughs> and just still be there <laughs> and basically sort of like still performing in in you know when everyone else has given up or got omnicron they're like well i guess jim's still here so all right we'll, yeah. we'll let him do 20 minutes i think maria bamford had a really great bit about that where she she was like you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and then eventually people would be like oh you still do that so and that's how you become famous <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and then and then by sort of like by virtue of doing that they're like well they must be quite good because they're still doing it so yeah. you know we might as well we might as well give them a chance because they clearly they can't be awful if they're still doing it i mean and i guess that's kind of my theory like the more you do it the in theory the, the better you get or at least the at least you maintain a sort of level of equilibrium and you, you don't get yeah. worse i guess in theory so that's really my only sort of plan i don't know if that's true or not that's not again not very scientific but uh I, yeah. I, that's or what else can i do apart from just sort of keep going <laughs> yeah exactly so uh is there anything that's really surprised you over the last six months anything that you like weren't expecting that uh has, has been weird or or interesting or i don't know um getting covid was a bit different although i guess I've done, uh, <laughs> changes of pace you know you kind of like you're going you know just the kind of kick in the pants you needed to make it shake up your yeah. life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keeps life interesting <laughs> exactly uh, exactly yeah. no i don't i I don't, I don't know really. I've been doing comedy so long. I, I doing comedy in inverted commas because I mean I hate the phrase doing comedy. Like it, uh, it just it feels really mm -hmm. cringy. But I guess being in the entertainment world that sounds even worse. That sounds even worse. But just being a performer, an artist, performing. an artist, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, a showman, a showman, yeah, an entertainer, uh, basically someone that wants to be centre of attention. It's basically what it is. Oh my, I'm coming, out, I'm coming out to my like ten year anniversary yeah. next year, which feels like such big. Oh my god, that's such a long time. And I remember my first year being like, I can't wait for year two and how much I'll have progressed. And then I got to year two and I was like slightly better. And then I got, to, I was like, I can't wait for year three. Got to year three and I was like slightly better. <laughs> and then, and then being like, I can't wait for year 10. Oh my God, I'm going to be on like TV. I'm going to be like doing this professionally. It's just going to be amazing. And like year 10 rolls around and I'm like slightly better than what I was. And I, I understand like there's been like a pandemic <laughs> and stuff in the middle of that, but like it's. 
comedy is just it's um I don't know if anything surprises me anymore about it. I sort of, I do feel like I sort of know the lay of the land, uh, even even though I'm not making the most of it. And a lot of it is down to me and like not really pushing myself as much or, or pushing doing the admin and 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 getting yeah. gigs and stuff. But I I feel like I know how to do better at comedy, but for some reason I'm just not doing it. And a lot of that is fear. And actually that stopped me doing a solo show for a long time. And so that's been a nice thing to do and get over that fear of really going head first. Because to do a solo show, you really do have to, you're up there for an hour on your own so you do really have to dive head first but i actually i really enjoyed it i actually think i yeah. prefer doing long long form i don't know what you call it i, I guess i guess fringe it's like a fringe show isn't it so like fringy sort of stuff almost more than club club nights like i think your you, you 15 20 mm. minute 30 minute club night sets i enjoy being on stage for a long time and building up a relationship with the audience and then re- relaxing into it and yeah. having more time it's to sort of yeah, yeah it is a different experience definitely and I, I, but one that i like shied away from from for a long time because i felt like i wasn't ready or didn't have the material or uh, i wasn't good enough but but actually i think i i think i kind of thrive in it actually so that's been interesting that's been interesting yeah i think sometimes the the hour-long format feels like it's like a lot like do i have a lot to say i don't have that much to say or i've sometimes felt about it like why do i think it's so important that i have an hour or lots of stuff to say or like (laughs) does is it kind of just ego to be like yes of course people (laughs) want to listen to my thoughts for an hour that's of course or is it like no five minutes is exactly the amount of time that people wanted to listen to my thoughts it turns out but yeah i do like that the longer form it's I think people just want to be entertained at the end of the day. And I think actually they don't, most of them don't care if it's one comedian for an hour or three comedians for an hour and a half or whatever. Like, I think they just want to be entertained. And I think actually people, not just audiences, like without getting too sort of like socio whatever, people thrive off confidence. I think they they like confident people. And if you're up on stage for an hour, well, that is showing a level of self-confidence. Uh, which I think a lot of us don't even realise we have as performers. I think we are a lot of us are naturally <laughs> in, in, inverted people. But actually, if you're on stage for an hour, then you have self confidence, and I think people enjoy that and can relax into it almost almost better and quicker than five comedians on stage because they have to get warmed up for one comedian and then if that comedian comes on and they've got a slightly more nervous energy than the previous guy then i think that can almost change the energy in the room but if you're one guy on stage and you're you're confident and you've relaxed that audience can like sure. relax into that hour yeah. and just and just enjoy it and get they can get to know you better i think yeah i think if i'm surprised by anything it's 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 that i've actually enjoyed doing these solo shows and i actually maybe think i'm i was more ready than i thought actually to do them oh that's great yeah oh that's good to hear um yeah, and I guess that kind of brings us to like, so what is next for Jim Daly? You got the solo show. Hopefully, all the festivals aren't canceled. I've got a thing at Vault too, which I'm just like, when you mentioned, that, I was like, oh yeah, that's probably never happening now. <laughs> but uh, plugging away at the podcast. Any other any other things kind of next for you that are exciting um, projects or just guess, exciting things in your life? Well, like leaving the house, you something? know, being legally allowed to leave the house, that's that's definitely very exciting. Yeah. And that should should happen in Big three, thing. In yeah. three <laughs> days' time. Yes, that'll be good. So yeah, actually going to the zoo, taking my way to the zoo would be yeah. amazing. But um, uh, I mean, moving back into our actual house would be would would be very exciting. I can't wait for that, actually. And um, What's the timeline on that? End of the year. I, well, it was supposed to be Christmas, but obviously I, I delayed things by getting uh, COVID, selfishly getting COVID. So um, we're in this rented accommodation until the 7th of January. So, you know, so hopefully hopefully early Jan, maybe. Um, I know the builders have another job to go to, I think, start of the year. So they obviously want to, like, get us out of the way and do it. So hopefully very, very soon. But I, I know, you know, I know that things have been delayed, so I'm, I'm not we're just we're just waiting and hoping and we're lucky we're, we can even have temporary accommodations we're sort of feeling very lucky in that regard so hopefully that 
In terms of like career stuff, I try not to set too many big targets because not comedy normally is or ent entertainment or, or showbiz, darling, um, is is normally quite you know difficult to predict. So I try not to sort of set too many things. But obviously doing the, doing these solo shows has been really fun. So hopefully doing those and then plugging away at the podcast and hopefully if I could get better at doing the admin for actual like, normal gigs, that'd be nice because it'd be nice to have more of those. And then hoping other stuff all sort of falls into place. Um, but at the same time, this to, to Tara in part one, balancing out with like trying to be a good dad and a good husband and like want to actually live my life and be a part of this family rather than sure. just working all the time. And that is a balance in itself, especially as a, as a freelancer, because you constantly feel like I need to be working. I've got a pitch. I've got to do this. And that can take up as much time as the actual performing when you don't want to be away from your family and you want to be a good dad and just like do all that kind of stuff as well so it's it's, it's a balance i should say as well by the way like in uh, it's a, i know yeah. tara can't join us but like she has inspired my show or she specifically inspired the title of the show because i because i know she, we spoke about her show in part one oh, yeah. called motherhood and she was saying that like it was a helpful title because it got people into the show in edinburgh and my show was like kind of untitled i guess and there was a few other names i had for it but they weren't they were just like sort of related to jokes in the show and stuff so i've decided to call it um football and fatherhood because it's it's that's literally what the show is about football and fatherhood and I, and i did that after talking to tara because she i heard that motherhood was a good title i thought oh yeah. i need to be more literal maybe and so i'm just that's what i'm calling it at the moment and you know hopefully that will help get people in but i wanted to thank her really yeah. because that would she inspired me really Lots of guys are like, what do I do all day? Oh, I like football and I'm a dad. Exactly. This is my show for exactly. Me. But I, but I feel like they, that must work on some sort of level because I don't know. I just, sometimes you need I'm to sure, just yeah. explain. It, like, I don't, it might not work at all. It might, it might put people off and they'll be like, ugh. Being a dad is like so draining. I don't want to hear about that. And and oh, yeah. my football team are terrible. I don't want to hear about that. But I'm hoping that people nah, will think, think, oh, okay, you know, this is what I'm into. So so hopefully it will help. I think you'll get more people in than you'll drive people away with it. And I think it's good to have titles that kind of just say what's on the tin. You know, those yeah, people are yeah. like, oh, this is especially if you're in a big field like Edinburgh, yeah, where you're just like trying, you're competing with so many other shows, and they're like, oh, well, this one sounds kind of interesting because yeah, I think I think like, if you're like a more like established comedian and you're famous, I think you can get away with doing like a punny name yeah. on your show, and people will come anyway because it's you. But I think if you're sort of more at my level, you do have to kind of like try what you can to get people in, and I think being more literate about the show, hopefully, yeah, hopefully will work. But we'll see. I'll let you know. Excellent. Thanks again for your time today. If people want to find you they can they can subscribe to blank podcast and what's the uh the crystal the one about the elephants elephant tracks as you should call it or you could check into <laughs> unpacking the trunk uh, all the crystal palace news yeah you know. so very, that kind of thing right, but what's it called now very, very good very good yeah it's <laughs> it's it's currently it's a very boring name, actually. It's currently called Five Year Plan, which is which is just a very. I mean, it's a very sort of bog standard name for a podcast. But we're stuck with it. We're doing it thirteen years now, so we are sort of stuck with it. But it, it should be called, you know, stomping along, stomping yeah. around football. That's rubbish. Or, or yeah. yeah, it should be called something elephant related. <laughs> no, it's called Five Year Plan. So, it, but it is for Crystal Palace fans. So, if you're not a Crystal Palace fan, I mean, we do get people that listen that aren't Palace fans or even football fans. But you're welcome to listen. And then blank. The Blank Podcast is obviously the one we do. I do with Giles Petty Phillips, who's uh, my good friend and um, a very good ch children's author, actually an adults author, and we and we chat to famous people on that. So yeah, I would recommend that. But also just in terms of my like personal stuff, I do a lot of 
online comedy stuff a lot of it's football related and songs and stuff and that's that's on that's basically at Jim Daily Comedy everywhere so I've managed to somehow get the same oh, uh, URL although I I, I, uh, kind of re- I kind of regret getting Jim Daily Comedy because like I feel like if I ever oh, I'm not going to stop comedy but if I ever did then like I need to change that handle to Jim Daily Drama <laughs> yes Jim Daly Artiste. No, it's fine. But um, I do sometimes regret having comedy in my title. But anyway, Jim da- at Jim Daly Comedy, and that's daily with no eyes or E, so just T-A-L-Y. It's the uh, the Irish version, as you can tell from my thick Irish accent. <laughs> then on like YouTube and TikTok and Twitter and Instagram and anywhere, basically, if, if, if you, yeah, if you fancy dropping me a follow, that would be, uh, that would be much appreciated. More social media um, than I could possibly handle. You can find Jim. Yeah, yeah, quite, yeah. Actually, pretty yeah. much, too, pretty much too much. But um, you know, All we right. try, we well, persist. Um, Jim, thanks so much for catching up with us, and and take care, man. What? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's just been, it's just been lovely. So yeah, thank you so much. So your beach holiday was such a success that you've moved your kids to the beach permanently. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's just so nice to be like an eight minute drive from the beach. The boys went to the beach today with Will and they had an absolute ball. And I've been doing crazy amounts of DIY uh, the last few days getting the house. I got the boys room ready for them to move into because Will and I were like, we need to have some space again. We need our own like room back because the boys have been sleeping in the room with us because their room wasn't ready. So, oh, really? So, anyway, I finished painting all of that and just in time for Christmas. So, how are you doing? You're in Florida. Yeah, we were in Florida. It's all right. It's nice. It's good to see my family. It's good for them to see Tavish. They must be so happy to see him. Can they believe how big he is? No, it's kind of crazy. He's been, yeah, he's been very active and crawling around and like standing up and whatnot. So it's been exciting. I love the photo of him with Santa. He looks so cute. Oh, yeah. He's been having a good time and they've been having a good time. And we've been swimming in the pool a lot. That's been great. My parents have a little pool. So we're not eight minutes from the beach, but (laughs) it's still pretty nice. Do you feel like you're happy out there? Do you feel like a sense of like, oh, maybe we should move back? Or are you like, no, I love the UK? (laughs) No. I keep running into things and I'm just like, oh, this is a nightmare. Like this, like the healthcare stuff is always just feels like a nightmare. Like still a lot of Trump support around here. That feels horrible. (laughs) Yeah. And the traffic, like driving everywhere, like the endless roads and traffic. It's just like, yeah, I don't miss any of this stuff. But I mean, there's things I do miss. I'll I'll admit, like we bought a bottle of honey mustard to take home because you can't get that in the UK because they haven't. Apparently, it's too uncouth for the UK just <laughs> to have honey mustard sauce. Like, oh, gosh. But I'm happy in the in the UK for a number of reasons. So. Oh, that's good. I know what you mean about the traffic. They're, everyone drives everywhere here, and people are so angry, and no one lets you in. It's crazy. You just think, like, you live in this beautiful, sunshiny country. Like, why are you so angry? And why are you in such a rush? Like, where are you even going? It's like a tiny little, like, town. It's not even a real city. Perth is like You're just yelling out the window, why are you so angry? It's so nice here. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just always such a peaceful person. I don't know if you noticed You are. But it's just funny. But I said to Will that I think the reason is, is because over here, parents teach their kids to drive. Whereas in the UK, you get, you have to get driving. 
Oh, so right. Okay. You don't have to get driving lessons here. And I, like I was taught by my parents, I actually learned a lot of stuff from Will teaching me stuff with the driving. Like I had no idea about mm-hmm. like that you're not meant to undertake because here everyone undertakes. Like undertaking is totally just how you drive. It's just normal. And then I got to the UK and I'm like undertaking people all the time. Will's like, whoa, 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 you can't, you got to go into the right lane. And I'm like, why? Why would I do that? Like, this lane's already here. I'm already in this lane. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, Alice is. They really hammer that into the British drivers, where they're just like undertaking is it's it's sinful and wrong and yeah, yeah it was the, basically created by the devil and yeah, you just, the mortal you sin. But anyway, it's just been funny to get back here because now I can like undertake freely as I love to do because you know <laughs> if no one's in front of you, you can just accelerate, just fly along, you know. Yeah, it's merging like, without a signal, you know, seventy miles an hour in a school zone, whatever. There's no rules there. It's but Australia. it is amazing how angry people get. There's like crazy road rage people. Like yeah. there's a lot over here. It's really intense. Yeah. So yeah, it's been funny. It's I don't know why people are so angry. Like, they've not virtually experienced any lockdown. They've had, like, two years of just, like, living normally and joyfully. Maybe it's... Maybe they're just too happy. We got two COVID cases here today, so we're having to wear masks again. And what's funny here is everyone's wearing masks outside. Like, oh, yeah. that's that's weird. Like, on the street, they're just, like, getting out of their car, wearing a mask and walking around the street. And I'm like, we're outdoors. Like, why are you wearing masks? But anyway. <laughs> you become violent at any masker just pulling masks off people. <laughs> as in, it's just, un- like, I don't know. I just don't see the I point know, yeah. of it. Um, I, yeah, as soon as like as soon as I get outside, I'm like, oh, I can finally take this mask off. It's like because it's somewhat safe, I think. I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> so I wanted to give you an update on my wildflower meadow in my front yard before we finish. <laughs> How's it going? It is going well. It actually, uh, I bought all the wildflower seeds, and then I found out you can't plant them until October. So then I didn't even get them planted until October. But we, they're all. Like we, we mowed the grass down, basically down to the dirt, mm-hmm. which didn't look as bad as you thought it might. Well, so hopefully we'll have wildflowers in the spring. So that's actually in six months from now. I'll update you on that. But I, I am, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Feel good about the whole. You dig it in? Like, did you dig? You didn't just chuck it on top of the grass, right? No, you just chuck it on top of the grass. Yeah. <laughs> Are you They're sure? wildflowers, Tara. That's how flowers work in the wild. You just dump them on the ground. and You really don't think you have to dig first? Did you read the instructions? I read the instructions. And Alice read the instructions too. And I trust Alice's reading better than my own readings. And yeah, that's... So she should know. I'm sure she's... No, we also planted some bulbs of things. We planted some snowdrops. So hopefully the plan is that like in the winter, snowdrops will come out. And then in the spring, we'll get tulips and then grape hyacinths and other things. So hopefully, like, throughout the year, they'll be blooming and stuff. So I think it's going to be pretty great. It sounds good. Look, I mean, I, I'm excited for you, but at the same time, I want to see results. So... <laughs> what is, what is, are you my boss now? <laughs> I just want to have photo I want day. flowers on my desk by 5 p.m. or you're fired, Chidon. <laughs> I do. I want. I literally do want to see like photos, and I want proof. You know, in six you months. You better time. come back then. I think if you come back to the UK in about six months, it'll be it'll be pretty good. So you know. Well, it actually would be a nice time to come back. If I don't come back in six months, then definitely like. <laughs> You're never coming back. <laughs> I'd be like, it'd be nice to come back and like be back for the summer at some stage, and also come back and do Edinburgh again, maybe if I ever do comedy again. If that if Edinburgh ever happens again. Okay. Was there anything else relevant to the intro that we have to chat about? Any other stuff? No. 
No, I'm good. I'm fine. But so, but, uh, oh, you should listen to the, uh, I'm going to cut this out, but you should listen to the interview because, uh, Jim said you inspired the title of his, his, uh, his show. Oh my God. So, really? What's yeah, it called? He said that, uh, well, no, he, <laughs> well, the fact that you were like, oh, I titled my show motherhood. And that really like brought a lot of people in because it was just like, basically this is what the show's about. And he's like, oh yeah. And so he kind of, he said his show is like, he called it football and fatherhood. Cause he was just like, I, I you're literally going to just say fatherhood. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I didn't. That's a bit close, but it's so funny because the poster is him holding a toddler that's crying, and he's also pregnant. It's weird. I don't know how why, but <laughs> totally ripped off your poster. I definitely think that football and fatherhood is a great name because it's exactly what it yeah. you know like it is. It is who he is, and unless you're super super famous, like I think that it's much better. To kind of give people an idea of what the show is going to be about this is exactly what i said to him. yeah <laughs> he was like i'm afraid that maybe it'll, it'll drive people away because they'll be like well, i don't know sure that and i was like no i think you'll definitely get more people in than you'll drive away by you know it's yeah. good to have just like this is what what it is on the tin you know whatever just something like vague like hope or something like that or, yeah. some, or something even if it's a little bit witty often people will just be like oh, i don't know what that's about yeah so that's great i'm gonna write my show about being a stay-at-home father it's gonna be called stay at home matt no all right well forget that anyways thanks everybody for listening i hope you've enjoyed this episode and you know if you have if you have enjoyed it uh tell tell somebody tell you know if you're maybe taking a transatlantic flight soon maybe just lean over to the person next to you and being like hey i know this flight kind of a bummer but i got a really great podcast you should check it out And also, you should tell this stuff to iTunes. Please rate, review, subscribe wherever you get it. And if you want to drop us a line, we're six months later pod at Gmail, and we're six months later pod on all the social media you could possibly ever want. And <laughs> Tara, uh, where can people find you online? I am Tara Ham. Ham like the meat. I don't know. I'm not really. I'm not really feeling the socials at the moment. But feel free to message me anyway. Just don't be offended if I don't get back to you for ages. But take it. In- guys hope you have a beautiful christmas or if this is coming out after christmas then i hope you had a beautiful christmas and a wonderful holiday season and uh yeah sending much love to you and peace yeah merry christmas everybody or happy holidays whatever you whatever you're doing but thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you again next week in six months bye Bye. Oh, yes. that's nice. That, yeah, my dad just brought me a Dad giving you a ruggie. I told you to go and get a ruggie. Well, so I didn't. this is my friend Tara. That's my dad. Oh, oh what a sweet <laughs> That's an amazing moustache. <laughs> I know, right? Fantastic. It's, yeah. She's had that um, for my entire life. He's had, he's had that moustache for 50 years, I think. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, I'm so glad he got you a rug. What a lovely dad. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. <laughs> I, I really want to like dig into that and be like, what's your relationship with your dad like? But I won't. <laughs> we don't have that. time for this now. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll leave that there. Leave, leave that on that cliffhanger. <laughs>